I'm going to teach today about the power of the blood of Christ, that uh, by the blood we have access, by the blood we enter in. So we're going to talk about the blood. And, um, you know, when you realize the power of the blood, uh, this changes everything. It really changes so much. So um, you can just hold on to those, and then uh, we'll use them later in the service. Let's look at Hebrews. Turn in your Bibles or type in on your touch screen, H-E-B, chapter 10, Hebrews chapter 10. Mine, I just type H-E-B space 10, and it just fills in the rest for me. A little concerned about my children because I realize you don't really have to spell nowadays. Uh, it's a big help, you know, <laughs> especially if you don't spell well. But um, anyhow, you don't always have to type the whole thing in if you're going to it on your phone or uh, another electronic device. Hebrews chapter 10, and I'm going to start out by reading Hebrews chapter 10 in the message translation, and then we'll uh, kind of focus on verse 19 through 22, 23 in the King James, because um, that's what I feel like we should do. So I'm going to read the word, and then we're going to pray, and then we'll get right into it. So this is Hebrews chapter 10, and I'm reading from the message translation. The old plan was only a hint of the good things in the new plan. Since that old law wasn't complete in itself, it couldn't complete those who followed it. No matter how many sacrifices were offered year after year, they never added up to a complete solution. If they had, the worshipers would have gone merrily on their way, no longer dragged down by their sins. But instead of removing awareness of sin, when those animal sacrifices were repeated over and over, they actually heightened awareness of and I'm going to add, the heightened awareness, it doesn't say of sin, but he's talking about awareness of sin and guilt. The plain fact is that bull and goat blood can't get rid of sin. That is what is meant by this prophecy put in the mouth of Christ. And here's the prophecy. You don't want sacrifices and offerings year after year. You've prepared a body for me for a sacrifice. It's not fragrance and smoke from the altar that wet, uh, that wet your appetite. So I said, I'm here to do it your way, O God. The way is described in your book. That's the end of the prophecy. When he said, you don't want sacrifices and offerings, he was referring to practices according to the old plan. When he added, I'm here to do it your way, he set aside the first in order to enact the new plan God's way, by which we are made fit for God by the once and for all sacrifice of Jesus. 
Verse 11, every priest goes to work at the altar each day, offers the same old sacrifices year in and year out, and never makes a dent in the sin problem. As a priest, Christ made a single sacrifice for sins, and that was it. Praise the Lord, right? Glory to God. Then he sat down right beside God and waited for his, enemy, for his enemies to cave in. It was a perfect sacrifice by a perfect person to perfect some very imperfect people. Now, that's talking about you and me if you don't know. And everybody else, you know. By that single offering, he did everything that needed to be done for everyone who takes part in the purifying process. The Holy Spirit confirms this. This new plan I'm making with Israel isn't going to be written on paper, isn't going to be chiseled in stone. This time, I'm writing out the plan in them, carving it on the lining of their hearts. Isn't that awesome? Like right on our hearts, the Holy Spirit carved this plan and carved this message. And so it actually goes beyond uh, the veil of the flesh. It goes beyond your flesh. It goes much deeper. And it goes beyond the veil of your physical flesh heart. It goes much deeper. It goes right to the core of who you are, the core of your existence, the core of my existence. He concludes, I'll forever wipe the slate clean of their sins. Once sins are taken care of for good, there's no longer any need to offer sacrifices for them. Like you might say, like, well, I, I don't know why. The last time I went and killed a lamb, took its blood and put it on the altar. But, you know, it's, it's a relatively easy uh, when you get conscious of your mistakes and your sins to all of a sudden you start to feel like you have to pay for these things that you have done. In other words, what happens is it's by the blood of Christ that we enter into the most holy place where we connect with God, where we commune with God. But if you don't live in the Word by the Holy Spirit, allowing the Holy Spirit to make the Word real to you, if you don't live that way, then you're really going to slip into living by what you have done or what you have not done. And then now, your relationship with God is affected by that. So now your relationship with God has the, the, the taint and the smell of works or the taint and the smell of failures or the taint and the smell of successes so that you're going in or you're really not getting in, okay? But you're attempting to go in and you might like reason, well, the, the word says this, so I'm right there in the presence of God. But if you're going into the presence of God with anything but the blood of the spotless, sinless, perfect Lamb of God, Jesus Christ, then you're not getting in there because that's the only way you can get in. But like I said, not be aware uh, no matter how long you've been born again, 
uh, long, how long you've received Christ and been made a new creature, it's real, it's real easy to go in some other way. Unconsciously. Like, well, I, well, I just, you know, I, I just belong there. Well, as a child of God, you do belong there. But the way that you come is by the blood. And the more conscious you are of the blood of Christ, the easier it is for you to be conscious of the presence of God and aware of the presence of God, and you enter right on in. But it's because of the blood of Jesus that, that we um, enter in. Uh, let, me, let me finish through verse 21 here, and then we'll get into the Apostles' Bible. No, I'm just kidding. So, friends, we can now... Without, this is verse 19. So, friends, we can now, without hesitation, walk right up to God. Without hesitation, walk right up to God. I don't know if I should say this, but <laughs> say it. Uh, I, I'm a researcher, and so uh, I don't mind uh, researching. You know, the thing is, if your mind is renewed and you, you have a renewed mind, you don't want to feed on, on stuff that's not biblical and all this other type of stuff. But uh, I like to know what's going on, so I won't tell you who or where or whatever, but anyhow. Um, I read, uh, I think not this past week, but the week before, I read about um, this church where they, um, the, they have actually a group of churches, kind of like a mini denomination. And uh, they have a, the lead person of all of this. And um, I can't even tell you what they call him. They have a special name for him because you can go, I don't want you to Google it anyhow. Um, <laughs> but they, like, you might call me pastor, but it's not something like that. It's like a, a different kind of name. And um, so... He has, like, a, a throne that he sits on. It's actually a throne. I'm not talking like a, like a big chair, but it's actually a throne. And um, uh, this lady that was part of the church, she got, like, excommunicated, and one of the main leaders of the church got excommunicated because she went up to the throne, not to sit on it, just to stand next to it. And... Apparently, this elder in the church allowed it, and so they got excommunicated because she was approaching so-and-so's throne. And so, in that church, that's not our church, in that church, you would have hesitation to approach the throne, even if the person's not on it. So I'm talking about uh, I just want to bring it like to, to natural things. I mean, think if you went to, to see uh, Queen Elizabeth, you know, her throne. Like, you can't just approach her throne and just go up there. Somebody's going to stop you. <laughs> Apparently, if we had a throne here, you could all go sit on it. Because <laughs> I don't want any part of it. <laughs> uh, but we can approach the throne of God without any hesitation, like, oh, I don't belong there. 
You, you go to, you know, and so I'm not picking on any churches. You go some places and like, and it's, it's, it's right and good because you got lots of technical equipment. I used to be in that arena and stuff like that. And so uh, you can break a lot of stuff. But sometimes like the stage is like the Holy of Holies. Like, don't you touch it. Don't you go there. Don't you, you know, there's steps. So, oh, you got one step. There's none of this. And I'm, I'm not saying that's wrong. They had to protect equipment. But I'm saying that's not how we approach if we approach by the blood. That's not how we approach. So friends, we can now go without hesitation, walk right up to God into the holy place. Jesus has cleared the way by the blood of his sacrifice, acting as our priest before God. The curtain into God's presence is his body. So let's do it, full of belief, confident that we are presentable inside and out. Let's keep a firm, firm grip on the promises that keep us going. He always keeps his word. Let's see how inventive we can be in encouraging love and helping out, not avoiding worshiping together as some do, but spurring each other on, especially as we see the day approaching. Praise the Lord. Now, King James, verse 19. Well, I'm going to start with verse 16. This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts, and in their minds will I write them. And their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. This is such good news. Now, wearing of these is, but remission is. So not where covering of these is, but remission. It's a complete removal. Like fog in the morning, when the sun hits the fog, it disappears. It actually gets a different, you know, structure, you know, and it, it, it goes to gas and it's just gone. Now, where the remission of these is, there is no more offering for sin, right? So we don't need to offer a sacrifice for our sins any longer. 19, this is where I want to start. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. Well, what is the holiest? Well, you remember, uh, perhaps, if you, if you studied um, uh, Hebrews at all, um, that you had, like, the holy place, the most holy place, the holy of holies. And the priest could only enter into the holy of holies once a year. And they couldn't enter, if you, if you keep reading, they couldn't enter except with blood. And they entered once a year to offer the sacrifices for all of the people. And they went in with uh, uh, great sobriety. I don't mean they weren't drunk, although they weren't drunk. But what I mean is it's a serious matter. Like tradition has it that uh, they, you know, they would... Uh, man, I'm glad these days are over. They would tie like a rope around the priest's ankle with bells on the rope 
And so that while he was doing his priestly duties in the Holy of Holies, if uh, he had uh, open sin in his life or he did not do it the way God had prescribed, if he died, he could be pulled out without the people going in also dying. And so it was a, it was a very serious matter. In fact, they say like the curtain to the most holy place was like a foot thick. And when Christ died on the cross, it was ripped not from bottom to top, but from top to bottom. And then, of course, let out the presence of God and the glory of God. And, you know, as we approach that place, then uh, we can have access by the blood. But we're talking about access to the most holy place. Well, holy just means separate, different, and special, really dedicated to God. And so if we limit going into the holy place, to our prayer life, well, that was we've come short of what the will of God was because the intent is that we live out of the most holy place in every part of our life. In other words, we're conscious of the indwelling presence of the Spirit of God within us all the time, no matter what we're doing. And the only way we can do that is when we're conscious of the blood. So having boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. So he says we're to have boldness. In other words, uh, message translation we just read said without hesitation. I belong here. This is where I'm supposed to be. And um, we have boldness to enter in and to live out of that realm and out of that place every part of our life. So when we talk about remembering what the Lord did in his body, in his death, his burial, his resurrection, you know, we're supposed to do this in remembrance till he comes, remembering what he did. Well, we want to remember the power of the blood of Christ, that it is by the blood that we were redeemed and by the blood that we were set free and by the blood that we have access to the Father. Verse 20, by a new and living way which he consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, his flesh. By a new and living way. Okay, so the, what was the old way? Well, you got to take blood of bulls and goats and you got to go through all the ceremony, all this procedure and then you get in, but you don't get in without the sprinkling of blood. And so you probably heard me say, you know, I plead the blood of Jesus over your life, over things that concern you. When we're talking about pleading the blood, you know, you have an accuser. We have an accuser of the brethren, Satan. But we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And when we plead the blood of Jesus, we're coming and we're saying, I'm saying this is not about what I have done or what I could do whether good or bad. This is all about what Jesus did, which was all good and none bad. And so when I plead the blood, I'm saying I'm coming based on the blood of Christ and the power of the blood. Well, what is the blood of Christ? You know, I did a, like a six-week series and didn't even touch like hardly any of it at the church in Michigan on the blood, but there's a lot about the, the blood covenant. But in the blood is the life of the individual. So in the spilt blood is the spilt life of the individual. So contained in the blood of Christ is the life of God. 
And when you receive the blood, you receive the life of God. What does that mean? Like uh, that we're going to pass out little test tubes with blood? No. The life, the Bible tells us, is in the blood. And so when we plead the blood or we come by the blood or we're declaring the blood, I'm saying, may what the blood of Jesus purchased and conquered be applied to this situation. In other words, I'm not looking to man's ability. I'm looking to the full ability and the full extent of the ability of God in Christ. And that was the life of his son poured out for you and for me. So it's a living way. It's a different way. The other way just remembers, you know, you're going to think about your sin. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, I got to sacrifice again. Sacri- yeah, because I messed up again. I messed up again. I messed up again. So every time you do it, you're remembering. You're remembering. Well, this was once and for all. That, he, that is to say his flesh. In other words, his flesh was uh, wounded. His flesh was pierced. His blood poured out for you and for me. But it was through the veil of the flesh. Well, the way that you actually get into the holy of holies is through the veil of the flesh. Well, so there's, we're talking about the veil of the flesh of Christ. But you have a veil and I have a veil of flesh. And you're not getting into the holiest place where you're intimate with the Lord without going by your flesh. In other words, the flesh has to be sacrificed. Christ gave us an example that we are to follow. What does that mean? Well, we've been talking about, you know, faith. And it's the same thing that you say you choose to turn away from self-will. You choose to turn away from uh, worries and fears. You choose to turn away from anything that you could produce from self-confidence and you turn to Christ. Well, Christ, he sweat, as it were, great, great drops of blood. Because why? His flesh didn't want to go through that. He was like literally crucifying the flesh. We talk about crucifying the flesh. He was crucifying the flesh. And, but I don't believe the reason he sweat great drops of blood was because there was going to be a physical nail pounded into his physical flesh. But it was because he was going to be separated from God and have all of our sins and all of our um, uh, proclivities to sin placed upon him. And that separation from God, when you live with God, and when you're around God, and where you're conscious of him, and when you only are saying what he says, and you're only doing what he tells you to do, and you, the thought of having to be separated from that is more significant than what our little brains, I think, can, can really comprehend. And so um, he consecrated it through the veil of his flesh and gave us an example that if you're going to get in there, you're not going to get in there through a work of the flesh, like, like it's, it's real interesting because to live by faith and you enter into the holiest by faith, to do that, it is the easiest thing you could ever do if you live by faith. But if you live by your emotions, well, I don't feel like the Lord hears me right now, or you live by your flesh, like, well, I just, I just feel like I need to take a shower right now. Or you live by your accomplishments. Man, 
living by faith is the hardest thing you ever do. Because your source is not God. Your source is these other things, and yet you're trying to live, live the way the Word says. You don't have the power to do that. I don't have the power to do that. You understand? Maybe I should say it again. So uh, living by faith is one of the easiest things in the world, and it's, it's, it's not difficult. But what it requires is a complete sacrifice of your will, your desires to Christ. So if you're just going to try and keep your will and your desires and do things your way, it's going to be a rough road. It's going to be difficult, and your flesh is going to scream. But as soon as you say, you know what? I don't have it all figured out. I just trust you. I'm just turning to you with everything that I have. Oh, man, his yoke is easy. His burden is light. You got joy. You got, you know, you're like, oh, you know, something like, uh, uh, what do you call it? Bad happens. Something falls apart, and you're kind of like, oh. Well, if you're living by faith, you say, oh, what's the Lord going to do now? Because why? Your hope, your faith, your trust is in him, not in, even in the circumstance. Like, if you're trying to get ready to go to church, and all of a sudden it's been raining for a very long time, and, um, you know, uh, you don't have your, your the church trailer parked in a gravel area, but it's a, it's a dirt area, and it's been raining and raining, and, you know, you, you had to come a little early, and uh, it's a good thing. You thought you were coming early because of other things, but no, you're coming early because you're stuck in the mud. I'm just telling the story. <laughs> By a new and living way, which, which he has consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say his flesh. So you gotta get, you got to get past your flesh. You don't crucify yourself. You crucify the flesh with its lusts and desires. And a lot of times... You know, people think of lust and desires. You know, I hear the word lust, and by default, I just think sexual. Well, of course, it includes that. But uh, lust and desire is like a strong pull in this direction. So, like, I have a strong pull for the security of my education, or I have a strong pull for the security of a government job, or I have a strong pull for the security of... Um, all the research I can do on this particular disease or this particular situation. Now, what am I saying? Don't research your disease? No, I'm not saying that. Put God first. Your foundation is the word of God. In other words, education is actually really good. Submitted to the lordship of Jesus Christ. Because, you know, you can go and get lots of different kind of education and learn lots of different things, but not everything is biblical. And nowadays, it seems like some of the deepest intellectual things are unbiblical. Um, but what really matters is what's in your heart, what's written on your heart, and that will affect everything else. If you want to see the wisest people, you find someone that is submitted to God and a person of the word and they'll rise to the top of whatever career field, whatever education. They'll get insight and wisdom beyond anybody else because they're getting it from the Lord. Psalm 119 says, uh, I have 
more understanding than all of my teachers or instructors because I meditate in your words. So, you know, like you could go more than your professors at university, more than, uh, you know, of course, more than politicians. You know, sorry, if you're a politician, we love you. Um, more than lawyers, more than whoever we think the most educated people are. You get it from the word and you get the foundation of all those things. Okay, verse 21. And having a high priest over the house of God. In other words, Jesus is administering all this. All this new covenant, Jesus is there. He's ever making intercession for us. He's ever there saying, you know what? I, 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 I know Dave messed up. I know he keeps messing up. I know he's always... No. But I gave my blood for him. I shed my blood for him. So I want you to see my blood. I don't want you to see him. And so when he sees us, he sees us, God sees us through the blood of Christ, through what Christ has done, through what Christ has accomplished, not through what we have done or what we have accomplished. So this is some of the best news you could ever get. That when we remember what he did and we remember the blood, we're remembering that the perfect one made a perfect sacrifice for some very imperfect people so that your perfection doesn't matter and the way you see yourself apart from God doesn't matter. But the way you see yourself in Christ matters a whole lot. Now, father in the faith to me, Kenneth Hagin, going on to be with the Lord now, but he had some amazing supernatural experiences. And, um, you know, Jesus appeared to him in a vision several times. And one of the times, the very first time, you know, he was like in awe, right? I mean, I would be in awe. Jesus appeared to Paul in a vision. Uh, and Jesus appears many times. And anyhow, wanting to go into all that. But. So he appeared. And Brother Hagin, one of the first things he did is he fell down on his knees. And he said, oh, Lord, no one as unworthy of, as I has ever been worthy to be come into your presence. And Jesus looked down at him and said, stand up on your feet. And so he stood up and he said, Jesus said to him, he said, you are worthy. My blood has made you worthy. So what, what happened? He directed him to the blood. In other words, he's trying to approach in a vision Christ through what he saw of himself and his own accomplishments. This is back in 1950. So all of these accomplishments, all everything that he saw of himself, he's like, this is, this is not even worthy to be around you, what I have done. Well, that's actually probably true. But Jesus didn't see him that way. He saw him by his blood and through his blood. And so when he looks at you and he looks at me, He's not looking at all of this stuff that you've done. He sees the blood. And when he sees the blood, you know, the blood is so powerful because by the blood, the death angel passed over. So even evil and Satan is aware of the blood. And so when he sees the blood, he's like, I can't go that way. I can't pass through there. Well, you have the blood on the doorposts of your life. 
Well, man, you're preventing deception of the devil. You're preventing the works of the devil. In other words, the devil can't fight against the blood because the blood is what defeated him. And so when you come with the blood, you're speaking something to God, but you're also speaking something to the devil. Not only are you speaking something to God and to the devil, but you're speaking something to yourself. You're saying, this is not about me. This is not about what I could do or what I did do. This is about Jesus. So we don't go by what we feel. We don't go by what it seems like, but we go by what the Word says. And the Word says that if you come by the blood of Jesus, you have access to the Father. The Word says that the blood of Jesus removed, remitted, and cleansed all of your sins, all of your, you know, it says iniquity. And, you know, really you could think of if like there's like, you've never seen these um, evolution things with like they got a line of apes that turn into a person? which isn't really the Bible, but anyhow. Uh, that's the best illustration I could think of. So like the, the iniquity, like you have a bent. And so the first person has a little bit of a bent and the next person has more and more and more. You know, but they're coming the opposite way, saying that just by like, I don't know. It's hard to teach something that's not in the Bible, but um, they're saying it just kind of happens that things get better and better by themselves. And so you notice that with all the rain that where my trailer was parked just got better and better all by itself. Anyhow. <laughs> and you notice like if you buy new clothes that over the years they get better and better by themselves. They, they just kind of improve. And you notice like all elements just kind of get better and better by themselves. No, there's like a divine order. There is God who created and holds all things together. And then there's the curse that man brought and, you know, the devil's using to try to destroy even things of the world. All right, did I fix that up? Okay. So iniquity is like you have this, it's this, this bent. And so maybe, you know, your grandfather had this bent for alcoholism and then your father had a bent for alcoholism and then you have a bent for alcoholism. And, you know, he said, I came and my blood annihilated not only the mistakes and the sins where you missed the mark, but it annihilated like the, the human nature to do the wrong thing, like the bent to go the wrong way. Like, I don't know why my family just kind of does that. Through the blood of Christ, there's freedom from that. But if you're going to live by the veil of your flesh, you're going to say, well, this is my family. This runs in my family, so it runs in me, and you shall have whatever you say. Well, you don't just say, oh, well, it doesn't run in my family because you heard somebody say that. You find it in the word that Jesus redeemed you that Jesus set you free, that he destroyed all the power of the enemy, and then you say, you know what? This is from the enemy. Every good and every perfect gift comes down from above. This is not good, and this is not perfect, and this is not of my Father, and so I don't take it. So based on the word, it doesn't belong to me, and I will not accept it. Why? Because thoughts will come like, well, yeah, that would work for somebody that, that really knows the Lord well. And then you're like, <laughs> You're right, I only know him a little bit, but I have the blood. I come by the blood. I plead the blood on my case. Because the devil will try to tell you and remind you, oh, you did this, oh, you did that. You know, you, you can't have this, you can't have that because of you've done this and you've done that. No, 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 no. You're right, I did do that. You're right, devil, a price needs to be paid for that. Jesus paid it. It's paid in full. And now I come. He took my death 
so that I could have his life. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the blood of Jesus. Father, I ask that you give each of us a spirit of wisdom and revelation that you would flood the eyes of our understanding with light concerning the power of the blood and living by the blood and coming to you, oh, by the blood. We thank you so much for the blood of Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're here this morning or you're watching online, you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Well, the blood has been shed for you, but it's not really applied for you. And so all you have to do, you can't clean yourself up. You can't get good enough. I don't care if you're like the most perfect person you can think. If you think that you're Mother Teresa, that's not good enough. You have to come by the blood of Jesus. If you're here this morning and you're not born again and you'd like to be, just slip up your hand. I'd love to pray with you and for you. If you're watching online and you're not born again, you'd like to be, please email us at info at anchordc.org and we'd love to pray with you and for you and get some materials into your hand, help you find a good church if you're not in our area and see you living for the Lord. that the same day that Christ was betrayed he took bread and he broke it he said this is my body which is broken for you this do in remembrance of me we think of the body of Christ we think of the stripes that were laid upon him if you read down there in 1 Corinthians 12 I think it is you see like that when you don't rightly discern the Lord's body, for this reason are many weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. If you rightly discern that what happened in the body of Christ purchased for you health and healing, that it made a difference in your life, and you receive that, you're going to walk in health and healing and strength. If you don't rightly discern that the Lord's body is one, that the Baptists and the Methodists and the Presbyterians and the Catholics and anyone that names the name of Christ and says that it's by the blood of Christ and through Jesus Christ that they are your brothers and sisters in the Lord, you might get sick. You might die young because we're to walk in love rightly discern the full body of Christ and so it's by his stripes that we are healed and so right now take this and break it like the broken body of Christ and eat it as a symbol that you receive what Christ did in his body for the sustaining of your physical body for your strength, for your health for your mind for your emotions, take it easy. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Father. Thank you for the body. Thank you for the broken body. Thank you that we are healed by his stripes. That you lifted off all sickness and all disease from our bodies through Jesus Christ. That he took it, carried it far away, carried it, defeated it. 
turn to the juice that represents the blood that was shed for us, that we've been studying. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the blood of Christ. Without his blood, our sins would not be taken away. Without his blood, there would be no hope. But thank you, thank you, thank you for the blood. We receive what he has done. And we come to you by his precious blood. In Jesus' name, take and drink. Now just for a minute, use your own voice. You want to talk loud? Just thank the Lord for what he's done for you, that he's brought you near by the blood, brought you in by the blood, delivered you by the blood, set you free by the blood, opened a way by the blood. Oh, Father, we thank you. Thank you for bringing us in. Oh, the blood, the blood. Thank you that the blood's speaking today, that the blood is ever effective, ever speaking, ever declaring, ever giving us access, that we have eternal access through his blood, eternal access into your presence, eternal access, eternal favor, oh, that you brought us near, that we don't live and have to live conscious of our failures or our weaknesses, but we live eternally conscious that we belong to you and you belong to us, that you have chosen us, that you love us, that you brought us in, that you brought us near. Oh, Father, thank you. In the name of Jesus, we thank you. Let's sing. Let's go. 
sickness in your body you'd like us to agree with you or anything else, uh, just come right ahead and we'll lay hands on you. We'll pray for you and uh, take authority over that that is attacking your body because it doesn't have a right to be on a child of God. So as they continue to play just in the background, if that's you, just come forward and we, we pray with you. We'll pray for you. Christ would live and dwell and find his home and his ability to express his love in and through you. That you might become acquainted with the height and the width and the depth and the breadth, the enormity of the love of God, which even goes beyond your natural mind to understand and to receive. I pray that God in your spirit in your innermost being and personality that you may be filled and flooded with God himself that you yourself would look to him that is on the inside that you yourself would allow him to touch you in the innermost part of your being allow him to write on the tablet of your heart the love that he has shown towards you and the love that he has given on the inside of you that you would see and discern and know how much he loves for you, you and how much he cares for you and how much he cares about you and every situation that is facing you in your life that every situation that you turn completely and wholly over to him that there's not one point or one thing where he hasn't experienced or wasn't tempted he knows what you're going through let him help you 
let him strengthen you and let him bring light to your situation because he's not going to force it on you, but he loves you. Father, we thank you for your love in Jesus' name.